welcome to the special preview of the Spirit of Turakai, part of Bleach Festival 2018, on Drive with Matt Webber on 91.7 ABC Gold Coast. And I'm very excited about this because this is a special story that is inspiring a very special event, a considerable undertaking. It involves a lot of people, a chunk of whom share this studio with me this afternoon. Kyle Slab is lead artistic collaborator and cultural advisor. Kyle, hello to you. Welcome. Louise Bazina, well known to you, of course, uh, Artistic Director from Bleach. Hello, Louise. Hi, Matt. Rhoda Roberts is a dramaturg. You're going to have to explain what a dramaturg is later, Rhoda Roberts, but also rehearsal director, uh, who we've met before in the context of Boomerang Festival down at Bluesfest. Yes, Hello indeed. to you. Hi. Good to have you back. And Brian Ritchie, musical director. Brian. Always a pleasure, Matt. Lovely to see you here too, all the way up from Tassie. With a bit of a backstory too, you, uh, we'll, we'll get to all of that in a little while. The reason I have these uh, these very clever people with me this afternoon is because they've helped put together the Spirit of Churikai. It's a Bleach Festival undertaking, falling under the Festival 2018 umbrella, part of the the cultural program in and around the Commonwealth Games. Churikai. His story is quite a special one and one we need to know more about. And Kyle Slab, I reckon you're as well qualified as anyone to give us a history lesson to, to set off our discussion, our journey this afternoon. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I'd be glad to. I'm gonna, you, you've compiled some original music to, uh, to accompany this show and I thought I might let you tell your story to, uh, to song. Is that going to work, you reckon? It sounds good. We'll give it a whirl. This is called Mibbon. You can explain the song later, but can I hear the story of Churikai? Around the turn of the century, Churikai is a man. He come from um, our community down at Fingal, a small Aboriginal community, and he's a Gujangbara man now, language, father of Bunjalung Nation. His father, Kumoi, uh, told his son that, you know, there was, when people first started to swim around the Coolangatta, southern Gold Coast area, people were starting to get into trouble, and, uh, you know... Um, Prior to being named Rainbow Bay and and Coolangatta Beach, it was actually called Shark Bay and Danger Beach. So um, not real good for tourism. So they they changed <laughs> the name. And uh, but um, his father said to him that you know this is our country and we're responsible for people that are that are here. And uh, so he sent his son to sit on on what we know as Green Mount headland today to to look out for swimmers that were getting into trouble and he he uh, performed many rescues there and so you know that um the story of Churukai for us is a is about that looking after it's about cultural responsibility cultural obligation looking after people looking after each other and um you know just um general life here on the coast is it's about it's about a saltwater life you know we we called saltwater people aboriginal people that live on the coast of the of the whole continent and and that's part of our life understand the ocean and and living with the ocean is not only important for gold coasters today but it's part of our culture and part of our history you know jurukai and the spirit of jurukai is um something that we recognize him for and he's been recognized you know for a long time as you know one of the first life savers not only here on the coast, but in in the whole country, and to continue that story and just what what the, what the spirit of Turukai is, and to look after one another, understand the ocean and respect the ocean, and it's a little bit more than that, I suppose, for the people today in the community, is that it talks about that intersection of of communities and you know the sea and the land, all those different elements come into it, and yeah, that's what we've so we've kind of captured that in music and in uh, in this production and in a few different ways and pretty excited. It's going to be a fabulous event. It's taking place uh, uh, on the main stage there at Surface Paradise. It's a, a spectacular. I'll take you through the ins and outs of how it will all work in a little while. But Kyle, before I uh, I'll let you off the hook, fabulously recounted tale, by the way. I love the idea that the shared heritage element here uh, will come flock to the coast to enjoy the bounty of it, uh, and, well, we've got our own lifesaver heritage here too. It's something that has crossed over that is perhaps something that's not considered often enough. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, there's there's a lot of stories in the Aboriginal community, you know, that have kind of been 
kept and carried by the community for a long time and you know those ones that are those connecting stories for different groups of people and different families and and you know different you know the life-saving community there's there's lots of different things the fishing community is another one all those different things that we you know are very gold coast and people come to the coast to enjoy uh, you know we're not the it's not the they didn't only start 150 years ago they've been it's been happening for a long time people have been visiting this place for for thousands of years and you know this is the next chapter in the story and to be able to understand that history um our old people always talk about uh there's a word that we use in our language called goriabu. It's a it's the long story, and continue on that story. But also, it helps inform who we are, where we've come from, but where we're going also. Beautifully said, Kyle Slab, uh, lead artistic collaborator for the Spirit of Churigai, cultural advisor too, sitting alongside him, Rhoda Roberts, uh, dramaturg. Still got to build some intrigue around that term for the time being. Rehearsal director, Louise Bazina, artistic director from Bleach and musical director for this project, Brian Ritchie, with me this afternoon. I want to talk about the music in a moment, uh, you lot, uh, and specifically about what I've been playing while Kyle's been talking. In just a moment, but uh, although this is a special event, we still have some nuts and bolts to take care of. Coast traffic on 91.7 ABC Gold Coast. In Coomera, there's been a crash involving a car pedestrian on Orlando Drive at Pamphlet Lane, and a road is closed due to some road damage from flooding Duck Creek Road both ways through Kerry. DM1 northbound lanes through Eleanora and Mudrabar, exits 92 and 79, and slow on the M1 southbound around the Fifth Street motorway in Arundel. Heavy as well on the Gold Coast Highway from Christine Avenue to West Burley Road and Burley Heads, and also on the Fifth Street motorway outbound from Olsen Avenue to the M1 in Molendina. From the Australian Traffic Network, I'm Olympia Kwiatkowski. More traffic soon on 91.7 ABC Gold Coast. It's a song called Mibben. It's uh, a part of the spirit of Chiricai featuring at Festival 2018. All original music for this production, Kyle? Yeah, all original. Um, some traditional music uh, fused with a bit of modern expression. So Quite uh, contemporary twists, and we'll, we'll get on that in a moment. Brian, perhaps that's uh, where you can, you can chime in too. Was crossing over... Uh, and incorporating contemporary sounds within a, a, a traditional context. That, was that part of the package? Well, it was originally left open, uh, but it was a good thing to aim for, but it was not necessarily uh, preordained because a lot of these traditional songs, they're not like the Alicia Keys song you played earlier. I mean, these <laughs> yeah. songs uh, have a heavy... Uh, meaning as cultural property and you can't just uh, put it into any context so that was a, one of the things that we talked about a lot is uh, what's appropriate to show to the general public is this the time to share the traditional music with the world with the commonwealth games attracting people from all over the world and um, you know that was kind of a, a barrier that we had to, to get over not only uh, musically but in terms of the philosophy behind it and the politics of it as well um, musically speaking we approached it with a very open mind uh, we started out jamming on stuff like James Brown and just to break the ice but then I said hey uh, could I hear some of the traditional music? And I think there was a little discussion about whether that, that was even really okay, you know. <laughs> and uh, and the first song we did together was this Mibben that you've just heard. And it's actually a good example of taking the traditional music, not losing any of it, but bringing it a little bit into the contemporary world in terms of the instrumentation and, you know, technology i guess yeah fabulous there's another song i want to play now called summer which perhaps might give us another insight into a, a little crossover can you uh, tell me about how this song came about Brian? Uh, fred leone is the guy who wrote this song and he's a fantastic um, musician uh, rapper dancer he's a multi-talented person up here and uh 
basically he already had this song but we felt like it fit into the Chirikai story because it addresses a lot of the same themes that uh, are in Chirikai's story so it was it was a case of uh, incorporating an existing song into the project because we have Fred collaborating with us on that. Fabulous. Let's have a listen and then we can talk more. Talking about the spirit of Chirikai for the entire hour, all the way through until five o'clock. It's uh, one of the significant undertakings as part of the cultural program for the Commonwealth Games. Summer.
Fabulous stuff. It's essentially the soundtrack, I suppose I could say, of the spirit of Churikai. Uh, that was a, a song called Summer. We'll learn more about that, but I'll just reintroduce you to my guests this afternoon. Uh, Brian Ritchie is the musical director for Spirit of Churikai. We've got Rhoda Roberts, rehearsal director and dramaturg. Kyle Slab is with me uh, as well. Um, cultural advisor, artistic collaborator and Louise Bazina, artistic director of Bleach, all bringing this together. That sounds fabulous. Musical director Brian Ritchie, you were telling me that was a, a one-taker, a, a live recording uh, that just came together beautifully. Yes, we recorded it at uh, Griffith University with Lawrence English was producing it and uh, we decided to record completely... Uh, in a semicircle, acoustically, no headphones, no isolation, no separation, no overdubs, nothing. Just play the music live. And we recorded, I guess, seven songs that way in one day. So it was quite productive. But it also... Um, see, a lot, a lot of times what happens with music, and especially with a lot of the Aboriginal music, is that there's really spirited live performances, but then in the studio try to do something different, something more commercial, something that's perceived to maybe get airplay or something like that. Yeah. And it smooths out the music too much and takes the spirit away from it. So we, we just decided to go for the raw and very... Uh, straightforward approach. You can almost hear the energy rising as the song rolls on too. Well, a lot of that would have to do with Greg Sheehan, who's our percussionist. He's absolutely amazing, just sitting on a cajon and beating his brains out. <laughs> but he can steer the ship into any kind of waters. <laughs> if he can't get him moving, no one can. 91.7 ABC Gold Coast, a special feature talking about the spirit of Churikai. Essentially a celebration of our, our first known, well, the first recorded saved life performed by an Indigenous man, so they say. So they say. Uh, it's, it's a remarkable story and, and one that, uh, uh, that I reckon more, more and more people ought to know about, and they will when they see this performance across the course of the Commonwealth Games. Louise Bazina, Artistic Director, time to bring you into the, uh, into the conversation. How long has it been a dream of yours or a passion project of yours to give this story a little more air? Oh, years, years and years. <laughs> um, so, you know, ever since the festival started, honouring the Indigenous people of this country has been incredibly important to me and the festival. And uh, two beautiful women uh, and aunties, Aunty Jackie and Aunty Joyce, have provided so much wisdom to all of us in the festival. And they told this story at one of the openings and um, it absolutely captured my attention immediately. Which which elements of it well, specifically? Well, just the, you know, I, I mean, somebody to be so... Um, to be so much bigger than themselves, to think that that's just what you do to protect people in on country and that that greater sense of humanity is a, such an extraordinary story. And so um, my colleague, um, Kate McDonald, who is producing the show and working with me on this, um, we we kind of stalked Kyle for years <laughs> and um, and through the, through the wonderful Arnie's as well. Because, you know, we, we're a non-Indigenous company and we, we need to learn and we need to understand cultural protocol and how you even go about such a thing. And so we wanted to do it right and we've been guided so beautifully by Kyle uh, every step of the way and we have ensured that we wanted to take our time with this because it has to be right. We can't not get this right, you know, and it's such an extraordinary honour to be able to create such a new, fabulous production. And so, you know, everything we do is in collaboration and, and with the guidance and support of Kyle and his family. And we've had the most extraordinary artistic team join, the, join forces with us to create this. 
Uh, so it's going to be a bit surreal, I think, for us on the 12th of April being on the beach at Surfers Paradise actually watching the show. I mean, every time I hear the music, even still, and I've heard it so many times, I still get goosebumps all over my body because it's amazing music. It is so gut-wrenching and heartwarming and, and all the things that you're supposed to feel when you hear great music. And it's a four-hour extravaganza too, I should point out, at the very least, perhaps. It is a four-hour, but, but there is various moments in mm. that four hours. So the first part is a more traditional ceremonial mm-hmm. component, which Kyle, it's Kyle's baby, I'm calling it. Um, and then the Spirit of Chiricai show, which is a 70-minute music concert. And then the break with... These guys, whose music I know very well, your rather thick fingers, they're uh, uh, playing a little bass for the break. Uh, What is it? One fems and three oils or something along those lines, isn't it? Uh, The break are myself from the fems and, of course, Jim, Martin and Rob from Midnight Oil and Jack Howard from Hunters and Collectors. So it's a... Aussie Supergroup, yes. and we play surf rock. And Why? Because we love it. <laughs> and so you should. I've seen you. Had the pleasure of seeing you perform at the Sound Lounge a few years back. Oh. And uh, may I cut in and tell you that that was the very first Bleach Festival, two thousand and twelve. There you go. So we've been involved since the beginning, and that's how we met Louise. Fabulous. It has been forming and re-emerging over time, hasn't it? Kyle, can I talk to you for a moment? You're a cultural advisor to this project. You're a very proud Indigenous man locally down Fingalway, your your mob, isn't it? Now, cultural appropriation of stories like this. I mean, me as a white fella, I look at it and go, oh, man, that's just epic, the fact that there was this surf lifesaver guy and he was an Indigenous bloke and he was just saving people for the hell of it. But he's a long time deceased. Yep. Um, And what are the rules about talking of this kind of piece of Indigenous history? Yeah, um, uh, Louise mentioned that took a little while for me to answer the phone and that uh, that was one of the reasons. And when we did have that conversation, I think the first time I said, no, I don't think we can do that. And um, we talked a little bit more. And I said, but look, we'll talk. And we'll talk to some of the elders in the community and different things. You know, for us, the the, the story of Jurakite sounds like you're talking about a superhero. You know, people yes. talk about him as a legend, but he's a real person. He's he's buried in our traditional cemetery in our community. He has descendants in, in living descendants in the community. We're not just telling a, an, a tale from or a myth from a long time ago. This is a real person connected to our community. And to tell to tell that story now, essentially for us as Aboriginal people, we're continuing a story and we, we're carrying that story and we're continuing a story. We don't want, um, you know, we don't want our grandkids to go, oh, do you remember when Grandfather Kyle told that story and stuffed it all up? Um, you know, we want, it to, we want to continue the story, but we're going to make sure that we follow protocols, that we make sure we carry that story well and we pass it on well. You know, this is, you know, in the Western um, arts, you kind of enshrine these stories within the arts and they can be reproduced and told forever until um, the whole system crashes one day. But, um, <laughs> you know, for us, our oral transfer and not like, you know, our traditional um, method of transferring information, there's protocols that come with that. It's about managing that information properly and those stories properly so it was, it was a bit of a process and i think something that we always need to consider when, yeah, when it comes it, to transferring that knowledge it's fascinating to me too that um we white fellas often I, I suppose draw a little bit perhaps on greek mythology to to talk of these figures of past and their you know their bravery and their daring do and all all that kind of thing and and we put wings on them and capes on them and uh, uh this is a different kind of a story yeah yeah that's that's right um when you when we talk about the story of Turukai and we talk about the spirit of Turukai it is more about for us, it was about cultural obligation. His his connection to his country, his relationship to his father Kumai. Kumai was a well-known, respected leader amongst our people, and and so his Jurakai carrying on his legacy and his story too. So it's a it's actually a generational story, and um and 
a cultural obligation and mandate that the community takes serious today about, you know, even down at Fingal in these last few years with um, people dying in the surf and those kind of things. That's a that's as relevant today as it was in the beginning of the century. There's people that are in trouble. We could even bring into um, the same context Uluru people. Yes. People climbing the, that and, you know, people dying on people's country. There's a cultural responsibility and a, and a weight that's carried by Aboriginal people even still today in this country, you know. Like Gumai said, this is our country and we're responsible for, for things that happen on our country, you know. And maybe um, Annie Rhoda might want to add to that. We'll get to Arnie Roder in just a minute because I've been saving up this part of the conversation for a specific uh, moment in time. You're on Drive with Matt Webber and this is a special preview of the Spirit of Chirikai, which will be part of the Bleach Festival 2018 during the Commonwealth Games. On 91.7 ABC Gold Coast. And it's an absolute privilege to have these four guests in the studio with me this afternoon. Louise uh, Bleach, uh, Artistic Director. Brian Ritchie's the Musical Director. We'll talk more about what a musical director does in uh, an event such as Spirit of Chirikai. Kyle, we've been listening to Transfixed already, giving us uh, a much-needed history lesson on the life and times of Chirikai and his lineage and his importance to, uh, to this neck of the woods. But now Rhoda Roberts, Rehearsal Director... Hello to you. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, you'd be familiar to listeners, I mentioned this before, but I had the pleasure of your company at one of our Bluesfest broadcasts a couple of years ago because you are heavily involved with the Boomerang Festival component of the festival, of Bluesfest, the festival within the festival, the Indigenous program there. So it is absolutely wonderful to see you again. Thank you. Um, what is a dramaturg? Very interesting question. Lots of people ask it. And I think often dramaturgs have to actually prove their worth in the room with other creatives. So in a standard Western sense, I guess they are editors, translators of literary text, and they do bring the artistic creative team together. And often as an outside eye that looks at what the story is. Kind of an advisor. A very much a diplomat and an advisor. But I would suggest in a First Nations perspective, um, for us it is about the space and the way we tell stories and that, and that space that we work in, which today is often in Western theatres. But for me, um, I think the importance is you take a story like Chirakai there is a certain spirituality and philosophies to that story and it's really looking at working with incredible cultural creatives mm. and artistic creatives and finding that thread and m ensuring, I guess, from the protocols that we are telling and just having that other eye. Indeed. You're no stranger to events of scale either, Rhoda Roberts. You've worked on the, the Sydney Olympic Games, of course. So perhaps no surprise that you, you're brought in to, uh, to offer your experience and expertise at, at something like the Commonwealth Games and specifically an event like Spirit of Chirikai. What particular challenges has this process thrown up for you? What, what's it been like at rehearsal? Well, I have to say, this is probably one of the first times that we've all managed, I've managed to get with the other creatives. No way. Yes. Wow. And I'm very honoured and it's wonderful to be involved. But, you know, hearing what Kyle and Brian and Louise have all said about this project, I'm very mindful that it is a story like Kyle says. You know, it's interesting, as Aboriginal people, we're consistently adapting culture. So our stories do change, but we do have those tradition bearers and often the stories have been placed in safekeeping thousands of years ago and the time will be right when those stories are told. You know, we have stories from around our country that have been told before the Ice Age and particular areas might have been known as shark places, but of course as the water receded they became known as other places. So we're always consistently adapting our stories, but ensuring that there is the element of protocol that's observed. So to work on this when I'm actually a different clan group, but still part of the same territory. You've just stolen my next question, in oh, fact. Okay. Yeah, but that's all right. You can answer it now anyway. <laughs> so I'm, our kinship lines, of course, extend right across the region. But 
for myself, coming from a different clan group, it's really an Bunjilung, honour. Bunjilung, So Bunjilung has an, an at yeah. Yugambeh, Bunjilung has an, a number of clan. Uh, I'm Widjibul. Yep. And um, Budingbara. So I'm on someone else's country. I'm here, been invited. There are connections, but that's an extraordinary thing. I think that gives another layer to this project. Yeah. That our grandfathers knew each other, yeah. worked together, and here we are now working together. It's a fabulous thing. And there's two beaming, smiling faces in here, <laughs> as that's said, too. So uh, so there's a truth uh, to that that is often kind of disguised sometimes. Do you approach this differently, Rhoda Roberts, giving you telling the audience... Uh, well, you're speaking to an audience that is an international one. I mean, there's going to be plenty of people from all over the place there at uh, Surface Paradise watching on the main stage going, wow, this is quite the story. How do you make it work for people from Fiji or from Africa? Look, I think that's the thread in the voice of all the creatives is going, we need to tell an audience that might know this story. There are other audience members that won't know a thing about Aboriginal people, let alone an Aboriginal story. So it's finding the way of how we um, translate that story to make it also part of a major international festival mm. and that it does have elements of great celebration, elements of story, emotion, spirituality, the whole shebang. And I think that I often watch, when I go and see a show, I'm often got one eye on the show but more importantly I've got my eye on the audience watching what they respond to where the ebbs and flows are and that's really important that it's a great story and needs to be told and thank God we have that voice now that we can tell these um, stories for our up-and-coming knowledge seekers but at the same time often when you hear an Aboriginal story there's always the worthiness and never the uh, philosophy or the celebration of how we tell stories as well so I think this is mm. this is great entertainment along with an important story of country mm. I want to I, I'm going to ask you to ponder this question and I, I'll play another song uh, that has been specially put together for the spirit of Chiricai in a moment but while the song's playing ponder the question why is now the right time to tell this story and then while you let that stew around I'll, I'll get a, a different range of responses Mudgeon did I say it right Another uh, another song written for the spirit of a Chiricai production. Kyle, tell me about this song before I hit play. Oh, this one actually comes at a, a version of a traditional song. So, and it talks about dancing and different elements of dancing in, in relationship to country. Let's have a listen. Marjane on drive.
Majane, another tune that you will hear at the Spirit of Churikai, the uh, the performance of performances that will unfold uh, as part of the Commonwealth Games cultural program, 7 till 11 p.m. in various parts, but on Thursday the 12th of April, and uh, it's going to be intriguing to see this all unfold. I asked the question before we heard that quite beautiful song, Mudge. In fact, let's talk about the song first, Kyle Rhoda. I'm hearing island sounds, I'm hearing different kinds of influences come in, and you reckon I shouldn't be surprised by that? No, um, if, if you know, the Tweed Coast and also up the Queensland Coast, a uh, lot, lot, lot of people from South Sea Islands were brought in to cut sugarcane and different indentured labour, um, you know, and so that, that mixing of communities and the influence of the South Pacific and the, those musical influences... Have, have come through into those communities, you know, and actually became a well-known style for for the Northern Rivers and the Queensland coast. That island style kind of mixed with the with the Aboriginal style of music. Yeah, well, you do it very well. That's the song that's lingered in my mind ever since I heard heard these songs for the first time over the course of the last couple of days. It's the the one that just sort of. I don't know, they float around in the back of your noggin somewhere, but it's uh, quite beautifully done. The spirit of Churikai is what we're talking about this afternoon. I have some special guests. The uh, the um, musical director, Brian Ritchie, is with me, and we'll talk uh, to him in a little more detail in a moment about how you bring these, these various influences and various styles together and make it work as one. Louise Bazina, well known to you, artistic director of Bleach, under whose banner this performance uh, will be uh, taking place. Kyle Slab is a cultural advisor to the program, playing a bit of the music too. Kyle, yeah? Yeah, playing a bit of bit of everything. Bit of this, that and the other. Talented man and Rhoda Roberts, who's been looking after uh, directing the rehearsals and a dramaturg, who uh, she uh, has uh, explained what that's all about. An advisor. We'll call you an advisor. And uh, uh, dramaturg. Uh, dramaturg sounds fancy, though. Maybe we'll stick with that. On uh, Drive this afternoon, Matt Webber's My Name. I asked a question before I played that song. Why is now the right time for this story to be told? And you all kind of sat back and started rubbing your chins and nodding like it's something you'd thought about already who wants to have first crack at answering this one oh I'll, I'll go first Kyle good lad um one of the things you know when we talk about culture and people think of culture they often think of aboriginal culture or some exotic culture somebody else's culture but we're actually all part of some culture and in in this kind of time more and more of connectivity and inclusivity and the global community become people having an identity and a, a kind of um you know, connection to broader than just their small communities. You, you still only have two people, people that are, you're either part of the dominant culture or you come in as a minority, a minority cultural group. It doesn't matter where you are. So um, that relationship, this this story at this time talks talks to that, you know, uh, intersection of, a you know, the dominant culture or mainstream culture of the day uh, and an ancient culture that's become a minority but belonging to a country, how they... Their interaction and their relationship, and and maybe the collisions and the conflicts that happen with that, those systemic cultural conflicts, how that happens. So I think it's a it's a really relevant question to ask, as everyone is a cultural person, whether you're from the dominant culture or a minority. How do you respond to that mm. as a person in a you know a rapidly a, a world that's been more and more connected, a global community? Mm. Rhoda? Well, I think um, well said. Yeah, I feel like we should be applauding. Yeah. Outstanding. That was beautifully articulated. I, I um, look at it and go, as we get more global, we're also looking at the issues that affect us as human beings. And you've heard the story that it is about cultural obligation, why he was saving lives. And that's never left us. I often think of those teachings of the past are actually about the future because the teachings of the past showed us the biodiversity of country, how to read, hear and listen to country. Mm-hmm. And I think as we travel around the world, we see that biodiversity, be it in um, the sea, on the land, we've really stuffed things up. So we need to sit back and listen to country again. I think the time's right now to tell a story that everyone can relate to a a lifesaver. It's one of the great cultural elements of Australian culture. But the difference is, this is a time where we actually, as the first peoples of this country, continuing our cultural obligation, even though the policies of the past have tried to wipe that out, shows 
how important those obligations are. But I think we now play a part, a very significant part, as we move into this new era through this festival of actually becoming part of that national fibre that is Australian culture. We are now having a voice in it, and that's the difference. Beautifully said, beautifully said. I do want to play this uh, final song. I think it's Guway, Guway. Go away. Go away. Um, before I get out, uh, before I, uh, you guys get out of here, Louise and Brian, maybe you can share a perspective. Why? Why was now the right time? Look, that answer will be different from my perspective, but um, the time was going to be determined by the community and the custodians of that story, and it came out of our time to build the relationship, time to nurture understand, learn, ask questions, get them wrong, try again. And that comes with being able to have the right time. This is obviously Bleach's biggest moment in time to be part of Festival 2018. Mm. But, uh, you know, as a for Bleach, we are about the local community, the local stories, enabling and showing the world what an extraordinary city this is. And they are stories of our First Nations people and as well. And, and to be um, in a position to do that is, is as I said before, a true honour and a privilege. And um, we, we will continue to do that beyond this festival and it will be part of our legacy. And the Chirikai and the spirit of Chirikai will continue uh, for many festivals into the future. With a broader understanding of it. That, that's the, uh, you know, the, the basic fundamental of all this. I guess, uh, Brian, Richie, to you, before I, I hit play on this final tune, um, we'll get to your musical direction component in a bit. But, but you're from elsewhere. You, you come from Milwaukee. What can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it's your hair, I reckon. No. Uh, you're from Milwaukee. We know you're from Violent Femmes. We've spoken about the break and your, your various uh, musical, uh, musical collaborations across the journey and that kind of thing. You're someone who has set up camp down in Tasmania. You've seen a lot of the world, touring the world as a musician. Interested on your, or in your perspective as a a worldly wise individual and a musician uh, about why now is the right time. Does that have, can you sort of share a broader perspective on the timing of telling a story like this? Well, there are many aspects of Aboriginal philosophy and culture, which have been swept under the rug by the dominant, uh, well, the invader mentality yet have survived and actually this is the right time for us to look at some of the things that the Aboriginal people have to offer Australia and all all Australians uh, it's a time to reconcile and there's nothing that brings people together uh, more than music and culture if we can tell this story in a, in, in a way that makes people feel like uh, inclusive and also welcome to get in, get into this story, they may do some research, and there's quite a few things that Kyle has um, told us about about the the legends here, the meaning of uh, various systems which the, uh, the Aboriginal people have, which is more circular than hierarchical. Which, if we took those lessons on in this country, and we should do that now, could solve a lot of our problems. But we have to be willing to listen. And listen. The easiest thing to listen to is music. So that's the reason why I'm enthusiastic yeah, about this project. Indeed. Tell us about directing a project like this. You've obviously got a, a different people with different musical pedigrees, uh, different understandings of music, different capabilities. How, how do you wrap it all up together as a as a package that people can absorb? Well, the brief was pretty uh, unwieldy and complicated that I was given by our festival <laughs> Louise directors. Is, uh, and, snickering, and yeah. It is, yes, it was, and it, it's not only to uh, reflect the st uh, story of Chirikai, but also tie in with general uh, Australian surf culture as a whole, because that's what Bleach Festival is about. So, I identified uh, various different, like for example, you've heard a lot of ukulele here. So that, that signifies beach culture. That's a way of just having it there subliminally, and you automatically get that feeling without even uh, thinking about Sense it. Sense of place, yeah. Uh, 
we're going to have surf rock from the break. Uh, and to take these songs, it, it was a big responsibility to not screw things up, you know, because these songs are beautiful and self-contained on their own as traditional artifacts, more or less. Uh, and to be able to just amplify them by bringing them to a larger public, that's, you know, it's a pretty heavy-duty responsibility. The musicians chosen uh, were from mainly from the community and brought in a few musicians from the outside. Uh, Greg Sheehan, I mentioned earlier, he's, of all the uh, gringos, has probably played with more Aboriginal groups than anybody else uh, in us. I didn't know that when I picked him. I just picked him because I thought he's a kick-ass percussionist. Uh, Veronique Sorette, I worked with her in the Australian Chamber Orchestra. She's one of the few classical musicians who can improvise. Improvising was going to be a big part of this because it's got the same kind of spontaneity and earthiness that comes from, for example, telling a story around the fire. You're not going to tell the story the exact same way each time. You need to throw in a little thing or refer to something that happened to you that day, and that's what improvised music does as well. And Sam Pankhurst is a fantastic bass player uh, who lives in this area, and I, I met him from the Australian Art Orchestra, which is a jazz uh jazz improvising musical organization that I'm involved with also. So this is an incredible team of people, but they all share the ability to listen to what Kyle and, and the local musicians are, are doing and, and complement it rather than try saying, hey, here's how it's done, or let's take it in a completely different and perhaps inappropriate direction. So really listening is the key to the whole thing. Fabulous. Brian Ritchie, musical director of Spirit of Chiricai, listening is something we're going to do in a moment because I'm going to finish up with a, a song called Gooway. But first and foremost, I wanted to thank you all for coming in to uh, to give us a, a preview of what is going to be an absolutely epic moment for the Gold Coast, I reckon. Beachfront, main stage there, Surfers Paradise, 12th of April, the spirit of Churikai, a Gujing Borough man who uh, performed, so we understand, the first documented act of life-saving on the Gold Coast, but it's what he always did and what he always would do regardless of who was in the water. That was back in about 1911. It's a fabulous yarn. It should be better known. And the crew in front of me are doing their bit to make sure of that. Uh, Kyle Slab, absolute pleasure to listen Thank to you, you talk this afternoon. Thank you so much. Louise Bazina, your vision is always incredibly inspiring. Brian Ritchie, lovely to meet you and see you and hear of your involvement. And Rhoda Roberts, dramaturg. <laughs> Lovely to see you again, too. Let's have a listen to Guwe. Who wants to uh, introduce it for me? What's the, the meaning behind this one? Guwe is about calling everybody to come and collect firewood for the night time, which is a traditional custom. And the smallest person to the oldest person, the biggest person, can carry something and contribute to the collective. I think that's a good good message to really illustrate what the spirit of Chirikai is about. Thank you all. Guwe, on drive. <laughs>
On 91.7 ABC Gold Coast, Gui, which will feature as part of this amazing show, such a beautiful story, a wonderful story, and a story for now, as you heard from my fabulous guests early on, each of them playing a crucial role in bringing this important piece of Gold Coast history to us across the Commonwealth Games. The Spirit of Chiricai, 12th of April. Seven until 11, you get the ceremony at the start, the Spirit of Chiricai concert, and then some surf rock to finish with former violent femmer, Brian Ritchie, who you heard from before. The Oils will be there too, at least three of them. They're part of the same band, The Break, so it'll be a pretty special night.